morning and welcome to Revive Church Newbridge. My name is, is Rob uh, and it's lovely to be uh, with you this morning. Uh, at the church we've been looking over the past number of weeks at what we believe in. Um, Gareth, our pastor, spoke I think on the first week that we believe in God, which I suppose for a church is always a good place to start. Then we looked that we believe in Jesus. Last week Lois looked that we believe in communion and this week it falls upon me uh, to speak about that we believe in in baptism and I suppose my first question when I started to think about the topic was what is baptism well physically speaking baptism is is the act of, of someone being immersed in in water uh, the word baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo which means to immerse or fully put somebody under the under the water. Uh, it doesn't mean to spray them or to shower them down, uh, but a complete immersion within the water. And it's for those people that have decided to become Christians. Now, believers in the New Testament, when they became Christians, they were baptized on the same day that they they believed. And if we've become a Christian at any point in our lives, the next step really is about us becoming baptized because it's part of that of that journey it's really an action that identifies us with what we believe so just thinking through a, a few things regarding baptism my first thought really was that baptism is an act of obedience now when Jesus was on earth one of the the last things ever recorded that Jesus spoke about to his disciples was this and he said therefore Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's found in Matthew 28. It was really his his goodbye speech, if you like. Um, and I'm always amazed by it that out of everything that Jesus could have said uh, to this band of brothers that he had he had traveled with for, for three years, he could have said, I want you to go and build big churches or you might have even said I want you to go and have fantastic meetings as you meet together but he didn't he said go make disciples and baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit he's basically saying to the disciples look I've said a lot to you over the last three years you're never going to remember everything that's okay but when you meet people please tell them this and what he wanted people to know was that as soon as they start believing in Jesus, they need to know it's not just enough to have that, if you like, that head knowledge about the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's really important that that truth has just moved from the head and has actually become deep rooted into people's hearts. And in John chapter 14, Jesus says these words, if you love me, keep my commandments i'll say it again if you love me keep my commandments and you know when when head knowledge about anything becomes heart knowledge things change for us and when our head knowledge about jesus becomes our our heart knowledge we really just start to love jesus in a greater and in a in a deeper way and when we love jesus more we suddenly become more aware of being obedient to God and what God tells us to do. And baptism really is just one of these things that shows our obedience to God's command. You know, when something drop, drops right down into our hearts in life, there's always an action. 
um, maybe you can remember the first time that you that you fell in love or or the tenth time that you fell in love, how you felt something in your in your heart. And from that feeling, there was an action and it might have been holding hands. It might have been saying, I love you. It might have been just walking around work all the time or maybe even school and just smiling all the time and people thinking you'd gone crazy. I've even seen some people singing about it. Um, and yet when we feel like that, it's almost that we don't care. Uh, we are happy for everybody else to know. It becomes that declaration. Even on social media now, you've probably seen that there's like this love heart that people post all the time and it says in a relationship and they might have posted it on, on Facebook or Instagram. And it's because when people are in love, the action is that we want to tell other people about it. And it's like what's going on the inside actually being seen on the outside. And that's exactly what baptism is. You know, if Jesus really is everything we say he is in our lives, then baptism becomes that action of obedience. It becomes the action of obedience. It's not an optional extra that we can vote in or vote out. And yet it's a command. And then baptism becomes that next step after becoming a Christian, because baptism, I believe, is an act of obedience. Now, the second thought I had that is that baptism is also an act of identification. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of supporters that you see of, of maybe football teams or, or rugby teams, I see so often that maybe they are wearing a scarf or a bobble hat or a, a jersey or even a tie of the team that they identify with, maybe the team that they grew up grew up supporting as a youngster. Um, since I was seven years old, I've I've supported this team from Manchester that play in red, but uh, enough about that at the moment, the way they are playing. And yet when we become baptised in the same way, we start to identify ourselves, not with a club, with a team, but we start to identify ourselves with, with Jesus. Now, in the Bible, there's a story of a man and his name was John. And it says John was, uh, I suppose you could call him like an evangelist. Now, what he would do, he would travel around and he would go into like villages and public squares. And he'd just start telling people about God. Um, and what's really amazing is that 700 years earlier, there was a prophet. His name was Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesied these words. He said that in the future there would be someone come in and he would be like a voice in the wilderness calling and saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And, you know, that's exactly who, who John was. John would go to these public squares and places and loads of people would just would turn up and John would start the talk. And when he started the talk, people would become Christians and they would get baptized really amazing and this is the crazy bit about the story is that john only ever had one message and in the message there was three points and it never changed and everywhere john went he kept on prep uh, speaking that same message every single time with three points now it's got me thinking over the last few weeks can you imagine if if gareth our pastor turned up on a sunday and he preached uh, a talk 
and the week after he turned up and he preached exactly the same thing again and maybe 52 weeks later he's just preaching exactly the same sermon week after week after week i would love to see the faces of the people that come along probably in shock the fact that the pastor can continue to have the goal to preach that same message time and time again. And yet we read in the Bible of, of John that that's exactly what he did. John just had one sermon with three points and, and, and these were the points. The first point that he preached was repent. Now repent is just another word of saying, instead of walking in that direction, turn around and take a different direction. So his first point was repent. Now, his second point was turn to God. Don't turn to anybody or turn to anything, but turn to God. And then the final point was get baptized. And do you know what? Every time John preached that message, crowds of people would gather. They would listen to what he had to say. They would put their faith and their trust in God and then they would get baptised. Not a bad sermon to preach week after week after week. Now, these baptisms wouldn't have happened in a, in a nice warm pool, in a nice warm building, as maybe they do these days in, in most of Western civilised churches. They would have happened probably in the River Jordan or another, another river or in the sea. And also, at the same time that these baptisms were going on, there would have been people in the same water, probably washing their clothes, getting their clothes clean. Other people would have been in the water bathing and getting themselves clean. Can you just imagine that you're there with your loofah and your soap trying to give yourself a clean and then suddenly you look across and next door somebody's getting baptised to you. It would have been an amazing thing to see because the area that people would have been baptised where John was they would have always been very public places. They would have been part of the community where people would have been gathering and just doing life together. And yet John picked those places to go and to speak about God. And even though it was public, there was something of what John was saying that started to resonate in people's hearts as they started to hear about the love of God being preached. And people started to say, I want to be cleaned. And they wasn't actually talking about being physically cleaned, but they were saying, I want to be cleaned. I want to know who this Jesus is. And I want to be cleaned. I want to be baptized. And they didn't care who see, who was seeing them because they realized that they needed to identify with Jesus and they needed to identify with the gospel. And do you know what? They didn't care who seen or who knew. I love that. Um, th there's a picture coming up now for you to, to see. And this is a, a photograph that my father-in-law, Gwyn, passed to me a couple of weeks ago. Now, Gwyn has been going out to Zimbabwe for about the last 30 years, um, helping some of the, the poorest people within the Bulawayo area, people living out in the sticks, uh, children living having awful lives really in orphanages and yet he's gone and he's supported and done some amazing work there uh, and this picture is of a baptism that just happened a few weeks ago look at the color of the water 
straight away. That was the first thing I seen that the water was was filthy, dirty. Maybe a little bit like in the story uh, within the sea or within within the river. And yet these people in Zimbabwe, Gwyn said that nothing can stop them at the moment being baptized because they love Jesus so much. They can't contain their love and their joy. And, that, and that's what the Bible really talks about. The Bible you might you know, have, have heard is called the good news. And that's exactly what it is, that the story of Jesus is good news. And I always think when I'm thinking about baptism, it's almost like my wedding ring that, I, that I've worn since the day uh, that, I, that I got married. It's my public declaration, if you like, of my marriage to my wife. Uh, can you imagine just for a minute if nobody knew that we were married? Because I'd never told anybody. How would it make her feel? How would it make me look? But baptism is, is, is very similar in as much as that it's about going public. There's something going on in the inside. And when we get baptised, we are telling other people what's on the inside is being seen on the outside. And that's exactly what's happening in this story with John, as many people were starting to gather as John was baptising them. And that's where he gets the name from. It's no coincidence that he's known today, not just as John, but he's known as John the Baptist because John baptised people. And in the story, we can see that one day John was talking with the disciples and he said look guys he said someone is coming who is greater than me and he will baptize you with the holy spirit in matthew 3 verse 11 it says it this way i baptize you with water for repentance but after me comes one who is more powerful than me whose sandals i am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire you know, I can imagine his disciples. Now, hang on, John. No one's greater than you. You are John the Baptist. Nobody's coming who is greater than you. And yet the Bible says, as they started to talk, who shows up? And it's Jesus. Now, Jesus was traveling uh, from Nazareth up into the area. And he approached John and he said these words. John, I've come to get baptized and I'm going to be baptized by you. I can just imagine really John stopping in his, his tracks and, and thinking, there's no way, I'm just an ordinary man. There is no way that I'm, I'm baptising you. And yet if we look in Matthew in that chapter and we look at verse 15 and it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says this, it should be done. It should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So then John, after hearing that, he agrees to baptise Jesus. You know, Jesus is our example. And I love this within the story that when Jesus was baptised, he didn't just want us to identify with him when we get baptised. But when he got baptised, he was identifying with us as well. And the amazing bit of this story is that Jesus didn't even need to get baptised. He was completely clean. He hadn't sinned. It wasn't a case of I baptise me in the name of me. He was just doing it as our example. And, you know, for, for Christians, for those people that have said yes to Jesus, that baptism is a really defining moment in a Christian's life 
when they start to identify with Jesus. So we've looked at the baptism being an act of obedience. We've looked at act is, uh, baptism being an act of identification. And then finally, baptism is an act of renewal. When we are renewed, something changes. We move from that position of, of death to a position of life. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says these words, that when we go into the water during baptism, it not only identifies us with Christ's death on the cross, but, and listen to this, going under the water is the burial of our old life. And coming up out of the water is the symbol of our new life as a Christian. It really just starts to show people that we love Jesus. It becomes that statement to everyone who sees and watches baptisms that we have committed to living for Jesus because we have been renewed. Uh, it's no coincidence that today, very often in churches right throughout the world, that when people are baptised, they invite people to come along to witness what's going on. Maybe their friends or their family or their work colleagues and their neighbours. Why? Because it's a testimony. It's that person's story of saying, do you know what? Something has changed. Something has changed in my life. It, it wasn't going to church. It wasn't putting on my Sunday best. It wasn't just listening to the, to the minister or the pastor of the church. But Jesus has changed something within my life. And when that happens, we start to want to tell other people about it. You know, in, in Corinthians uh, chapter 5, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come and you know when we become a christian when we are renewed it's it's then that jesus gives us the power to be able to live that life i remember as a as a young 16 and a half year old lad who started going along to church for the first time no thought of god no thought of church no thought of of anything religious at all and I remember hearing this story about Jesus and, you know, really believing it and wanting to do something about it and to say yes to God. And yet something was holding me back. And the thing that was holding me back was that thought that I would never be able to keep this going, that all I would end up doing was letting myself down and letting God down. And that throughout my life, I would just keep on making loads of mistakes. And it probably for about six to eight months stopped me saying yes to Jesus. And do you know what? All these years later, I was absolutely right. I couldn't live the life. I couldn't get it right. Um, and I was going to make mistakes. And for anyone who knows me, I'm still making mistakes because in my own strength, in our own strength, we'll never be able to get it right. And yet here's the truth. If we want to be something for God, if we want to live our lives for God, the only way we can do it is when we are renewed. And when we are renewed, it's then that God gives us the power to live for him. And this is amazing. And with this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish. There's, there's a chapter in, in the book of Galatians, 
chapter 3, verse 27, and it says this. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have now clothed yourselves with Christ. I don't know about you, whether you like uh, new clothes. I certainly do. Uh, I love a trip to the shop and, and buying something new. When we become baptised and we go down into our water, the Bible describes it, it is that our old clothes are, re re are taken from us, are removed from us. And as we come out of the water, we put on a new set of clothes and we are renewed. I'd like to paraphrase it, if it's OK. The paraphrase to this verse would be that we put on Jesus. We take off our old clothes and we put on Jesus. So why baptism? Firstly, because it's an act of obedience. The truth is in our hearts. And as a result, we're obedient to the command of Jesus to be baptised. Secondly, it's an act of identifying with Christ. It's us as Christians nailing our colours to the mast and saying to our friends and our family and the people that, that are around us, the people that we are familiar with, is that from here on in, I am going to trust in Jesus and I'm going to live for him. And finally, it becomes that act of renewal that when we are baptised and we leave behind that old life and we put on Christ and we start to live in the freedom and God then gives us the power to be able to live for him. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross. Lord, I thank you for the price that you paid. Lord, I thank you that when you died, Lord, you have made a way that we could come into relationship with you. And that, Lord, if we accept you, Lord, that in an act of obedience, that we could go through the waters of baptism, that we might be able to tell the world and tell our friends and our family about you and that you might give us the power to live for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.